sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. One of the more controversial topics, really events, in the modern church, modern church history, is the Second Vatican Council. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it true? Was it false? What is the truth about the Second Vatican Council, and what does it matter? That's what we're going to be talking about today on, on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's today's episode, or if you have ideas, topics for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is... Ignition at sfcatholic.org. My ventriloquism squills are incredible. Did I say that like that? Ignition at sfcatholic.org. No, I was trying to say my ventriloquism squills. Oh, his ventriloquism skills are exquisite. That's very well said. (laughs) Um, Yes, email us ignition at sfcatholic.org. Uh, that voice was not my disguised ventriloquist voice. It was my lovely voice. Your it's me, lovely it's voice. Robin. Right. <laughs> you need to do that. Hi, it's Robin. <laughs> so happy to be here. I'm always so happy to be here. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank yeah, Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Welcome. your show, Chris. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks, Robin. I'm happy to be here. So um, we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk today about Vatican II. Robin. Yes. Um. When you think of Vatican II, what has or does come to mind, Robin Ruggerman? Um, I don't know. I just feel like as a convert, I'm just always hearing that phrase, and I never really knew what it meant. And then as I've been Catholic for a while, um, I've just come to the realization that I don't really know or understand it much, but that there's just potentially some misunderstandings that need clarification and that I'm sure because I trust the church that whatever happened there, what the intention was for good. Right. Right. So that's all that's, I know. And that's, no, that's great. <laughs> that's what that's I great. think. So um, why are we talking about this today? Well, it's sort of what I said uh, in the teaser. Um, it's increasingly controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a because lot of people of being misunderstood. Well, or well, be, so I'll, I'll, there are a lot of people. Well, numerically, it probably is a lot of people. Okay. There's an increasing number of Catholics who think or at least suspect that a lot of the woes in the church today, a lot of the bad news in the church, traces its origin to the Second Vatican Council. Oh, interesting. That it, it's because of Vatican II that we're dealing with a lot of the issues we are in the church. So low mm-hmm. numbers of priests low numbers mm. of religious, so brothers and sisters right. and religious sons, um, low numbers of Catholics really engaged with their faith, um, mm. a lot of confusion about what the Catholic Church teaches. Some people would say, or at least suspect, wonder uh, if that it's because of Vatican II. Um, mm. So that at the, so increasing controversy, because, because on the other hand, people would say, no, um, Vatican II... Um, was so it's actually there's on the other hand it's it's, it's more than just one hand actually some people would say yeah there's lots of hands 
Some people would say, no, Vatican II was awesome, but we need to go even further. It opened the gates, but we got to go even further down a particular direction. And then other people would say, Vatican II was awesome, um, but we still have a lot of work to do with unpacking what Vatican II, we don't need, so we don't need Vatican III, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to finish the work of Vatican II because against the first crowd, no, it was awesome. Um, but against that second crowd, uh, I think you're misunderstanding. You've also misunderstood it. Um, what we need to do is finish implementing the work mm-hmm. of the Second Vatican Council. Okay. Uh, and and just to tip my hand, I'm with the third crowd. Um John Paul II was with the third crowd, mm-hmm. um, and Benedict XVI was with the third crowd, and I think it's safe to say that Pope Francis is also with the third crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Vatican II. So, what was Vatican II? Let's just start with the basics. So, there's a Vatican One. Yes. And then, how long ago can I ask before the Second Vatican Council? That's a like. What's the difference? Yep. So, so w- w- what was? Let me start before I answer. Time that. frame. Uh, before I answer that, okay. just in the in the most basic sense, what's your understanding, Robin, of what Vatican II was? Like what people say. A really Vatican large II. meeting of important people making important decisions. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I couldn't tell you if it was like bishops or cardinals oh, or okay, priests. Great, 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 I don't great. know. I'm just gonna assume it was great. influent. Just some sort of influential. I was going to say influential, influential, but I don't think that's the right word. You were going to say influencers, were you? No, no, that would be what we'd say today. Influencers influencers would be at the the third Vatican Council if that happens. No, I think probably just. I I don't know what sort of important people were there that were there to make these decisions. So Vatican II was the twentieth ecumenical council in the history of the Church. Robin, what's an ecumenical council? Do you know? Oh gosh! Does that mean you taught me this already? I don't remember. Ecumenical, like it's a council of people. (laughs) (laughs) Most councils are. (laughs) I've yet to encounter a council that's not a council of people. Okay. Well, anyways, I can't think of me right now. But (laughs) Uh, ecumenical councils are gathering uh, gatherings of bishops. Um, Oh. Okay. <laughs> You're disappointed. I'm sorry no, it's to the, disappoint Robin, you. You couldn't dig yeah. for that one? Come on. Okay. Uh, the okay. ecumenical are, are gathering uh, of bishops. I'm having brain fade. To address important issues yes. going to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. No, there are gatherings of bishops all the time, but this is a gathering of bishops, of bishops um, convoked by or with the authorization of the Pope to address mm-hmm. important. So the U.S. bishops get to, yeah. bishops meet together. All Bishop DeGroote to gets together with bishops from the Dakotas and Minnesota. That's not an ecumenical council. Right. Um, the U.S. The, all the bishop the, the bishops in the Americas, the United States, get together twice a year. That's not mm-hmm. an ecumenical council. Mm-hmm. An ecumenical council is a gathering of bishops again, called by the Pope mm-hmm. or with the Pope's um, permission to address serious matters for right. the world by church. Now. Still, like right now, as we're recording this, folks, if you're as you're listening to this, in October we had a gathering of bishops called by the Pope um, to important discuss important matters in the life of the Church, the Synod on Synodality, which mm-hmm. many Catholics have heard of. That's mm-hmm. not an ecumenical council; like it has mm-hmm. to be a deliberate, like quote unquote, worldwide mm-hmm. gathering of every bishop like is universal. Invited. Yes, universal. Of the universal Even Church. though in many of the cases. 
in the case of many, they commit. Right. So we go back all the way back to Acts chapter 15. We see the apostles getting together to discuss important issues in the life of the early church, Mm -hmm. specifically around whether or not Gentile converts to Christianity had to follow all the, all of the the, the Jewish liturgical laws. That was the Mm -hmm. question. Um, So like questions of major import are discussed. Okay. So all of the apostles, not today. All of the bishops are invited to. So the synods that go on in usually Rome every few years, those are those are not gatherings of all of the bishops. Um, the, so that's what an ecumenical okay. council is. All right. So Vatican II was, I'm pretty sure, the 20th. For some reason, I think it was the 21st. 20th or 21st gathering of bishops. So you would ask now. So it's the, called the Second Vatican Council because it was the second ecumenical council that was held at the... Vatican. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. You're thinking is this a trick question? <laughs> I know. I was, I was like, so, <laughs> so of all the, of the, the, um, all the human councils again, 2021, uh, only two of them have been actually held at the Vatican. Really? Vatican one and Vatican two. The first, oh. so to come back to your earlier question. The first Vatican council was held 1869 to 1870. So just about a year actually. Huh? Uh, yeah. So it's interesting. So it's not like just like a quick meeting. Uh, no. It's like a long. Yeah. In fact, Vatican one was cut short, uh, cause there was an army that was descending upon Rome. So the Pope said, ah, we're done here. Um, and actually technically wow. speaking, Vatican one was never formally concluded. Vatican huh. one was formally concluded when Vatican two started. One of the first wow. formal acts uh, of the council was to of Vatican two in 1962, was to formally conclude the work of Vatican huh. One, but the, in terms of actual gathering, it was eighteen sixty nine to eighteen sixty. Okay, all right. Okay, so back to Vatican Two. two. So Vatican Two was held from nineteen sixty two to nineteen sixty five. Wow. It was called for in nineteen fifty nine by Pope Saint John the Twenty Third. Okay. So John the Twenty Third was elected in nineteen fifty eight. He was relatively elderly at the time, as far as popes go. So many people would say, if you read like church histories, he was just sort of a. So Pius the Twelfth had died. They gathered together. We're not really sure who the next like for because Pius the Twelfth had a pretty long pontificate. We're not sure who to vote for. So let's just like elect a placeholder, somebody who will manage the affairs of the church. So somebody older. Uh, who'll be Pope for a few years and just sort of manage the affairs. And then we'll see what the Holy Spirit wants to do, like for a longer pontificate. Hmm. Well, John the 23rd, even though I think, I think it was 78, I think when he was elected, um, <laughs> sort of shattered expectations when the year after he was elected in 1959, he calls for an ecumenical council and people are like, Oh, hmm. what? Uh, so he calls for an ecumenical, ecumenical council, and it started to work in 1962, so 61 years ago, the fall of 1962. Um, and they met uh, off and on, so not continuously, but it concluded December of 1965. So they they would meet usually in the fall and then go back to their the, the bishops, return to their diocese, and return the following fall, uh, and back to their diocese, return the following fall, and so on. So okay. from 62 to 65. And the intention of Vatican II, as uh, John the Twenty Third described it when he formally began Vatican II, was basically well. John the Twenty Third basically wanted to take what the Church always taught, and is there is there a way where we can 
um, present this in a new way for the for men and women in our time. So John the twenty third had a sense, and 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 other many other bishops agreed with him that it's it's not about changing what the church teaches; it's about presenting it in a new way so that people of our day, quote unquote, in modern man, um, can more easily readily understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to be very clear, John the 23rd did not intend or desire that any doctrines of the church be changed. He okay. wanted how they were presented to be changed. So you you've homeschooled mm-hmm. many of your children. Um mm-hmm. It, 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 there's the concept you want to teach, but that's what's the best way to teach it so that my mm-hmm. child can understand it. Right, right. That's kind of what John the 23rd was answer mm-hmm. was, was after. Um, now, some people thought this would be a pretty short council uh, that would do its work, write some documents uh, and, and sort of go back home and continue on. Um, but right away, uh, the fall of 1962, there was a desire to actually take seriously what John the 23rd was proposing, um, and sort of dig in and, and again, not like reinvent the church. The church is not ours mm-hmm. to reinvent the ours as, as Catholics, the church is not ours as in the bishops, the church is not mine as in the popes to reinvent the church mm-hmm. is the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not about reinventing or recreating the church or any of the church's teachings. It was really about how can we more readily present these teachings to men and women of our time, Catholic and non-Catholic alike. Mm-hmm. We see this in the very first document that Vatican II issued. So there were ultimately 16 documents that were were issued by the Second Vatican Council. So you 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 had drafts that were written, and and then the bishops would be discussing them, and then the drafts would be rewritten, and so on. Ultimately, sixteen documents. Four of them are the most important documents. They're they're all they're called constitutions. Uh, so there are four constitutions, and then twelve other other documents that sort of fill out in certain different ways those four constitutions. The first document of the Second Vatican Council came out in, in 1963, and it was on the liturgy, on the mass, the sacraments, um, the liturgy, the hours, the breviary that priests mm-hmm. and that many people, priests and religious, have to pray, um, mm-hmm. uh, deacons pray, lay people pray, uh, many of them. It was on the liturgy, and because it was the first document, because it was the first document, it begins actually by laying out the purpose for. For the council as a whole. So I just said earlier what John the 23rd's intention was mm-hmm. when the council actually began its work. And he died, by the way, um, before the council met again in the fall of 63. Paul oh VI goodness. was elected. So uh, Paul VI was one who sort of saw it through to the end. But in the first document on the liturgy, the very first article, the first paragraph of this document, the Constitution of the Secret Liturgy, addresses the purposes of the council as a whole. So I'm going to read uh, an English translation of the Latin official text, um, and it names four purposes for the council. All right. So this sacred council has several aims in view. It desires to impart an ever increasing vigor to the Christian life of the faithful, to adapt more suitably to the needs of our own times, those institutions which are subject to change to foster whatever can promote union among, union among all be- who believe in Christ, to strengthen whatever can help to call the whole of mankind into the household of the church. 
And then it transitions. The last sentence of the, this first paragraph is, turns to the liturgy. The council therefore seeks, sees particularly cogent reasons for undertaking the reform and promotion of the liturgy. So, and then it goes on to liturgy. Robin, when you, when I read those four purposes for the second Vatican council, did any of them, what do you think about any of those? I've been talking a lot here for the last several <laughs> minutes. What do you think when you heard me or when you read those four purposes, aims for Vatican II? You mean like from this right here, yep, from that yep, first paragraph? Yep, yep. Well, I had underlined um, to call the whole of mankind into the household of the church. But I'm like, were they not there already? Like what? The whole of mankind. Okay. So you mean like everybody, like invite everybody. everybody. Okay. Everybody. Okay. So I just yep. maybe was looking at it kind of wonky, but okay. But that's what I had underlined. So I okay. don't know if that must so have stood out to that's me. That's the fourth one. Um, so basically another way to say that to do, uh, so I'm going to read it as it is in this translation. And then um, we'll talk about this last one. To strengthen whatever can help to call the whole of mankind into the household of the church. To do whatever we can to invite everybody to become Catholic. That's what that means. The the fourth and final purpose of the Second Vatican Council, as explained by the bishops with the Pope who were at Vatican II, the fourth and final purpose is to invite everybody to become Catholic. That's awesome. That's the fourth. I'd say the final in the sense of the ultimate reason not just the, like the last in the list, but the ultimate reason for the council to do whatever, we, to, to strengthen whatever can help to invite everybody to become Catholic. That's what Vatican II was about. That's pretty awesome. That is so, so some, again, like some people awesome. for a variety of reasons and uh, understandable in some cases, some people have this idea that Vatican II watered everything down and just, you know, everybody just, you be you and it's all good. If you actually read the documents of the council themselves, there's nothing. I, I, I don't think that maybe you might, maybe some things could be misconstrued that way. But when you just start with the very beginning of the, of the mm-hmm. documents, this first document, we want to invite everybody to become Catholic hmm. into the household of the church, into the household of God. But the, the other three, so the, the first and four, the fourth, are, I think are the most important to me. Uh, or I think they're the most important. So the first one was, again, it desires, so the second council, is, the sacred council, Vatican II has several aims in view. It desires to impart an ever increasing vigor to the Christian life of the faithful. So those who are already Catholic mm-hmm. to impart an ever increasing vigor to their Christian life. So this is where the council was looking at Catholics, those who are already Catholic. Mm-hmm. We want to help you, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to help you, our sons and daughters, as your shepherds, the bishops with the Pope, mm-hmm. would help you to live your your Catholic faith, the Christian life, even more vigorously. Mm-hmm. To to take it even more seriously, to live it out more fully. Not watering it down, living it more fully. Mm-hmm. Okay. In order to do, I would say one and four, number two is important. So to adapt more suitably to the needs of our own times, those institutions which are subject to change. So whatever is in the life of the church that is within the competency, the authority of the Pope and the bishops to change, what what do we need to change so that, again, the, those who are already Catholic can live it more fully and those who aren't Catholic might be able to come in. That's not about change. Whatever is subject to change, doctrine is not subject to change. Whatever can be changed. So the language of the liturgy, 
the, the thought was to to introduce some some degree, at least some degree, of the vernacular language, people's local what they spoke on a mm-hmm. daily basis, mm-hmm. to introduce that into liturgy, so that it might impart an ever increasing vigor to their Christian life, and so that it might in, it help invite others right. into the church. Mm-hmm. And then the third one. So language liturgy is one example of to change what can be changed so that we might live our faith more fully and invite others to do the same. That third one, um, to foster whatever can promote union among all who believe in Christ. So is is there something that we as Catholics can do to help bring about unity, not within the church because there is one church, but it, you, um, human unity among all Christians, especially looking to Protestants and the Eastern Orthodox. Is there something that we as Catholics can do to bring about greater unity, to restore the unity that was lost in 1054 with the Orthodox and then in the 16th century with Protestants? Hmm. Um, So that was the third of the four purposes of the Second Vatican Council. So when you read the documents, if you, if the folks took time to actually read the documents again, as I already said, there's nothing about watering anything down, changing church teaching. It's about how can we help Catholics live their faith out more vigorously? Mm-hmm. How can we help other people become Catholic? So what are the things that we can change and how can we increase that unity among Christians? Mm-hmm. Um, John Paul II said that Vatican II was the great gift of the Holy Spirit to the church in our age. John mm-hmm. Paul II was convinced that the Holy Spirit, sorry, that the Second Vatican Council was this incredible gift from God to us. And that it was our job to take this gift. And just as you do on Christmas morning, you've got to unpack it. And like many things that we get at Christmas, especially when we're kids, we have to put it together. So whether mm-hmm. it's a dollhouse or a bike or whatever, we've got to take a Lego set. We've got mm-hmm. to take this gift and we've got to, we've got to, we've got to assemble it. Mm-hmm. We've got to put it together. We've got to implement it. Mm-hmm. And all of the, the popes after Vatican II, after Vatican II, I think would agree. Vatican II was this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. And it's our job to implement it. And it's not done yet. Okay. So again, I've thrown a lot at you. We still got several more minutes. Robin, thoughts on any of, of that? Um, hmm. Well, my first thought is I'm glad you unpacked what that actually said because it that paragraph that you've that you read to your listeners like makes so much more sense to me. Right. Like even the um, you know, wanting unity with like the other religions, denominations. That's, other Christians. That's yep. amazing to me. Yep. Awesome. Wow. I, I had no idea. And by reading that, that that's not what I would have gathered. So I'm glad you broke that down and it sounds. Uh, so Does I would say first and know? foremost, first and foremost, because people haven't read it. Oh, interesting. So you Pe- feel like anybody who is going to sit down and actually read what it says, they'll get it, but they would need someone to help them. Maybe, maybe. Like, okay, I would. So uh, yeah, a lot of you people. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. Maybe, I don't know. Um, if, if somebody takes the time with a re, with, with, with some sort of a guide, a teacher, um, mm-hmm. in person or in writing, there are all sorts of great resources to help people understand mm-hmm. Vatican II. Um, but, but I, I think you might get out of it, get more out of it on your own than you think, think you would, to be honest. So did it kind of like fall asleep for a while? Like this, the whole second Vatican council thing? Um, or is this something that is still at the front of, bishops and whoever's minds That's a great, to so, yeah. implement so, this and make this happen or have their, the way they shepherd their 
diocese or whatever, do they keep it in mind? Like this, like this first paragraph, is that kept in mind or is that just like a personal preference of a bishop or are they expected to try and do these things? I guess that's kind of what I'm wondering. So I haven't, I'm not, I'm not being facetious here. I, I, I don't know. I haven't polled the bishops yeah, to find out. You know, of course. I don't know if you knew that they're if they're supposed. I, I to don't hear. I, no, I don't. I don't think. I mean, <laughs> or do they have the freedom to not? Like, if they if if there is someone that does not see it the same way, are they free to be like, um, yeah, no? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know why mm. someone would want to not do what this is stating here because they're all four very beautiful so things. So w- when help their big everybody. brother, their spiritual father, the Pope. And the popes have all said that we need to fully implement yeah, the Sacramentum Council, uh, so not just support come. it. So I would I would say that that we need to fully implement it. I would say that there is a responsibility of our bishops mm, to yeah. see now many. So let's look locally. Does Bishop DeGrood is he conscientious? Is he is he regularly conscious of Sacramentum Concilium Article One? I, I doubt it to be honest. But what the way that he leads us, I would say, is informed by by these aims. Right. So absolutely. if you think about yeah. our diocesan vision, yeah, yeah, it totally sure. falls yeah. in line right. with these four aims. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, not like in a conscious way. But he, as a man who is ordained in the 90s, 90s, uh, has been formed by the authentic spirit of the Second Vatican Council. Um, he's, he's a man who grew up under the papacy of John Paul II, mm-hmm. who again, really saw this as the, uh, a man who was you know a priest and now bishop under Benedict XVI and then uh, Pope Francis. Um, so I think he's a man who has been formed in that authentic right. spirit of Makes the Second Vatican Council. Yeah. But is he, again, conscious? Does he think about these four things? Um, if you went up and asked him, Bishop DeGroote, what are the four aims? Of the Second Vatican Council? He probably, don't do that to him, Robin. <laughs> don't, definitely don't tell him I okay. said to. Um, no, but again, in that sense. So I think <laughs> yeah. we're the, just we run out of time here, Robin. I think the misunderstandings have come because people have seen that in the 1970s and the 80s, the things got wonky within the church and then they look and see, well, there's this big thing in the sixties that must be the cause of it. And many people would say, no Vatican two, I mean, just because so correlation does not equal causation. That's right. a log- logical fallacy. Yeah. Um, the, the culture, Western civilization got wobbly and got wonky mm-hmm. in the late sixties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I would say that was the cause of all the confusion and the turmoil within the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, not Makes the Second Vatican Council. Right. Um, some people would say that there's this sort of prophetic dimension in the part of the Second Vatican Council, and they're John the Twenty Third calling it that. In fact, it was sort of to prepare, start to prepare the Church for this tidal wave, the tsunami of cultural upheaval that would happen in the late 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it hasn't yet been fully implemented. So that's why things are probably still a little bit wobbly. So I just, I, I really want to encourage him. Mean, there's so much more that this is, this is a topic that I'm really passionate about, frankly, because JP two is passionate about mm-hmm. it. And, and he just as a model to me of holiness and of evangelization and of discipleship. Um, that's what caused me to look in Vatican two more of the, the mm-hmm. misunderstandings I had. I would really encourage people to read and pray with the documents and live them out. I think that's what the Holy spirit is inviting us to. Good stuff. Amen. Good stuff. Thanks, Robin. Amen. And folks, that will wrap, us up, wrap up this episode. Again, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.com. 
sfcatholic.org with questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you.